Good afternoon, friends. This is the afternoon podcast with Greg Reese. Sending it out to everyone on the email list. Last week was kind of a nothing, right? It was like 10 minutes, but it still managed to upset someone. I, um, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast before, but it's almost without fail. Whenever I send it out to the whole list, I'll, get, I'll hear from someone being offended by something I say. I guess that's predictable. It's a decent-sized email list. I think there's like 14,000 people on the email list. Thank you all for signing up. And I'm not here to offend anyone, you know. So we'll see. I hope I don't offend anyone today. I, I'm curious. I was almost going to go back and listen to the whole... It was only 10 minutes. But, you know... I'm busy. There's a lot of things to listen to. Um, but I was almost going to go back and listen to it to see if I could figure out what I said that was so offensive. Because I thought it was pretty simple. But I, I was sort of just waking up, and so who knows? Who knows? But anyways, I'm not here to offend. I'm here to uh, entertain, hopefully, and to inform, hopefully, to provide some type of service and product to you because I love you. I really do. And I really appreciate your support. And I hope you guys are doing well through this crazy time. I was just um, reading something that was talking about if you, if you don't feel what's going on, blah, 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 yada, yada. And I was thinking like, is it possible for anyone to be alive right now to not feel what's going on? And for those of us who have friends in the herd, you know, deep in the herd, deep in the mainstream, you know, pop culture narrative, I wonder if they're feeling it. And if they are, I wonder what they're thinking. Like, that would be like, I guess what I'm saying is it's like, I'm, I'm grateful that I... Um, I've been mentally and spiritually and prepared for this great transition that we're in right now. I could, you know, I'm sure we, we could always be more prepared. Like, I'm not perfect. But I have spent many years preparing. Like I said, I could have done better, but I, I've, I've put some work in. I'm prepared. I'm definitely mentally prepared. I'm, def I'm definitely not surprised you know, it's something I've been expecting. And um, I remember even thinking the best I could do to imagine what it would be like through this time is I would, I would think, you know, it's probably similar to like being on acid. It's probably similar to tripping hard on acid. And so if you don't, that's, I probably just triggered someone right there. Um, I'm starting to, you know, be more self-aware about it, I suppose. Anyways. That's the best I could do to guess what it must be like. Um, I guess that's a, another way of putting it is you could say like a newborn. Uh, we don't have much of a memory, at least I don't, uh, but we don't typically have much of a memory of our first few months of life. But I imagine it must, you know, very like, where am I? You know, when you see other kids, you can see like they're, they, they're, they're not stupid. They're, they're stupid as far as like earth, you know, or what's going on. Cause it's sort of like, uh, what's this, what's this, what's this? It's uh, everything's brand new, but, uh, 
You can tell other than that, they, they know what's going on. They're tripping, though. So anyways, I guess I just always assumed that's what this time would be like, and that's pretty much what this time is like. Very interesting, but you definitely can feel it. And, uh, you know, I don't really get too into the whole five-dimension, five shifting into 5D vibration and stuff like that, because I don't know what the hell that means. You know, I think it's a... Uh, and I don't think many people who talk about it really know what it means either. I think they're just repeating it because it sounds scientific or something. Um, but uh, we're definitely shifting. If they're saying that we're all shifting into a, a better place, a more evolved uh, realm or level, I would say, yeah, I would say I think that's pretty much predictable. You know, that's kind of what life is, is a process of growth through struggle and warfare and it's a brutal world. So yeah, it's all good. I'm glad you guys are here with me. You know, if you're here listening to a podcast, that means I would, in my opinion, we are all in about the highest category you could possibly be in on this planet, in this realm, as human beings at least. As human beings, uh, you can you can discount the um, the levels of the elite and and all that because they might have money and power. But I mean, if you can, and many of you probably already have, imagine imagine yourself in that position. Like, really imagine yourself in that position. And is that like a good place to be? I don't think so. I think for many years, I, it's been very clear to me that that is probably one of the worst places you could be. Any of these people, um, because they are—they're uh, more of a slave than the rest of us. You know, a lot of us can just sort of, you know, do whatever we want. A lot of us can just sort of quit our job and reinvent ourselves. A lot of us can just sort of disappear into another area and start all over again or whatever. And, you know, these, these people can't. And for a lot of other reasons, too. They're involved in some really nasty stuff, like basically uh, the exploitation of, uh, of other people, you know, whatever you want to call it. Slavery, control, tyranny... There's all, all these words are basically saying the same thing. And, you know, uh, the best dumbed-down thing I, I've heard, and I don't know who is originally responsible for it, is that there are people... I've heard it from Gavin McInnes, I believe, is where I've heard it from mostly, is there are two groups of people. There are people that want to be left alone, and there are people that don't want to leave other people alone. I think that's all that's all I care about. I'm a pretty simple creature. And, and anyone I just want to be left alone and anyone I meet who leaves me alone and also wants to be left alone is my brother or my sister. 100%. All right. So um I was a little fired up last week. <clears throat> 
And um, I think one of the things I may have said, I may have misspoke and said no one was, was coming to our defense. I may have said something like that. Um, but I take that back. I think, I think thanks to, it wasn't as impressive as, as I would have liked, but you know, we are all in sort of a sad state. So you gotta, you know, you gotta cut a little slack, but it came, I think the support came supports there. You know, people just don't like to talk about it. And that's really sad. You know, there's a a great, um, video of Andrew Breitbart. Very popular video. I'm sure you've all seen it. If, uh, if, you ha- if you don't know what I'm talking about, go on YouTube and search. Here, let me make sure I, I tell you. But I would guess if you went. Yeah, when I go to YouTube and type in Andrew Breitbart War then it's like the number two thing. It's right there. Andrew Bright by War. 25 seconds. I don't know where it's from. I tried finding the original without the music and uh, couldn't find it. And it's a great clip. I think I've heard a longer one. But basically, the reason I bring it up, the gist of it is, is he's had enough of the name of falling for the whole name calling game. You know, he's had enough of allowing the anti-American leftist movement from using the term racist and, 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 and allowing that to have any power. And it's a very encouraging, inspiring little speech of Andrew Breitbart who has passed since then, years ago. And so I'm not criticizing <clears throat> Andrew Breitbart because I believe he he probably would have, you know, went on and, and acted out those words. Um, and I would have hoped to see everyone, <laughs> you know, respond the same way. But no, we're still like... <sighs> We're so afraid of what people think of us, strangers. We're so afraid of being, um, I guess that's probably in our genetics, in our DNA, I suppose, uh, a fear of, because it's a survival thing, you know, if you're ostracized from the tribe, you'll die. Maybe that's what it's from. Maybe because we're just that simple and it's, and it's like no one wants to be ostracized. And so when it comes to he who shall not be named, you know, that's what it is. People just don't want to talk about it. They're just afraid. I don't have that genetic thing. I don't know. Maybe I'm not, maybe I'm new to the human race. That would explain a lot because I don't have that, um, like, I find it to be quite liberating, to say the least, to not care about what people think about me. It's extremely liberating. And um, anyways, and I'm not a bad guy. You know, I don't have a problem like finding allies. Anyways, I digress. We're going to go over some news stories.
there doesn't seem to be, you know, the main thing is the Trump Mar-a-Lago, which uh, a lot of people, I'm not a real politico person, as many of you know by now. I am more of a filmmaker, and I have a deep passion for freedom, for the Bill of Rights, particularly the First and Second Amendment and natural law. And that's about where my politics end. Across the board, that's where they end. Like I'm, that's really all I care about. And that goes back to the whole people who want to be left alone and people who don't want to leave other people alone. That's a, that's a fact of life, of this jungle that we live in. That's a fact of humanity. There are humans that will just relentlessly try to feed and off of others and exploit others and just, uh, you know, implant themselves in other people's lives uninvited. And so really having the, the whole, the combination of the first, the second with natural law is really the most brilliant part of any government beyond maybe, you know, like the fundamentals, like, beyond the the, the, the the actual like you know law and order and agriculture and stuff like that that makes like the whole that's the whole point of having civilization and government in the first place you know if it wasn't there you know like what are the benefits why don't we just live in tribes and and f all this bureaucracy you know right and you know if I had a really nice cave and uh, and a really cool tribe, and we all had like some really sweet land and no one and not a lot of problems and who knows that might be that might be the best but i think uh civilization's a good thing i used to not and i say this uh you know i looked at both sides cuz i deeply questioned the whole idea of tribalism maybe maybe you know there was a there's probably a few years where I was actually even saying that was my opinion. My opinion was that the problem is modern civilization and we all just need to return to like, you know, the wild, like loincloths and stuff. I don't feel that way anymore. I think that would be hiding from one of the strangest, the strangest, most mysterious aspect of humanity, of being a human is our creation, our, our creativity. Can't hide from it. You can, uh, I mean, definitely learn from it. So anyways, uh, we're going to go over some stories, and uh, you're just going to get my commentary, you know, just a regular guy, regular guy who really would prefer to just be left alone in life, you know, and, in, you know, my ultimate dream would just to have a, a nice home where I have chores, outdoor in the sun chores every day, you know, no neighbors to be seen. When I do see the neighbors, they're also like cool people that don't want to be messed with, you know? All right. So the big story, 
is the Trump thing. Like I said, and this is according to like all the people that are experts in politics, that I'm not one of them. I honestly didn't know that this was that big of a story until I saw everyone saying that. Everyone saying that this is like the biggest moment in, you know, American politics. Like, I don't know, I don't, you know, you know, you've heard it. You could, you know, it's tons of headlines out there to that effect. All the experts are saying that, you know, so it was one of those moments like many in the past few years for me on this job where I was surprised. I was like, oh, that's a big story. Okay. All right, right on. I mean, to me, it just seemed like um, the natural next step in all this. I guess it's the same thing. I guess, I guess it's the same thing. It's just my ignorance to uh, the political world. So, yeah, the attempt to prosecute Donald Trump is unleashing more than our political system can handle, writes the Mises Wire. Um, if there's any truth to that headline, I would argue this is a good thing. Like, um, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily an accelerationist because I just said I want to uh, help society, you know, like, what's the word? Help maintain it, keep it from being completely destroyed. I'm all for, like, restoration, not destruction. I understand the joy of destruction. But I got over that. That was more of a thing when I was a young kid. I really explored that. And uh, as I grew up, I got over that. Restoration is where it's at. It takes a lot more patience, but that's where it's at. Long-term joy, not short-term. In uh, the Washington Examiner, Mar-a-Lago FBI raid what punishments Trump could face under Espionage Act. The unsealed warrant that allowed FBI agents to execute a search of Donald Trump's home shows the former president is being investigated for a potential violation of the Espionage Act and possible obstruction of justice, raising questions about what punishments, if any, he may face. And then it talks about uh, the FBI finding, have found several classified documents during their search of former President Trump. And we know this is all just spin. The agency recovered 11 sets of classified documents among 20 boxes that were taken. Espionage Act. So I haven't heard anything new as far as, you know, what we saw, you know, four years ago with the whole Russia, Russia, Russia thing. Uh, the only thing new I've seen is the, the volume is much louder now. You know, the Espionage Act. Someone just called for, I think I believe it was Rand Paul, just called for uh, repealing, repealing it, getting rid of it. And uh, there's good reason for that because when you look at... Uh, you know, it goes right along with this whole deep state thing. It's a, it's a deep state law for them to get rid of their enemies. Infowars.com. Former FBI assistant director says, handful in leadership 
politicizing bureau following Mar-a-Lago raid. Pardon me. A top former FBI official criticized the top echelons of the Bureau for politicizing the agency following its unprecedented raid on former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence. And, you know, there's all this talk about these FBI whistleblowers. As if this is some kind of good news. I mean, I don't know. I don't. Once again, like I said, I am no political expert. For all I know, it's great news. Oh, that's great news. We got FBI whistleblowers. We got good guys in the FBI. I mean, I think there's better ways of, uh, of like showing that you're a good guy in the FBI than like these like weak, scared little whistleblower things we're hearing. Like, are there anyone, is there anyone good in the FBI or is there just a bunch of like people that aren't that bad collecting a paycheck, you know? Yeah, they're not all committing massive crimes against humanity. You know, most of them are just collecting tax dollars and being sent out on stupid jobs, uh, wasting everyone's time, you know? Am I being too harsh? Perhaps. Like I said, I'm just a, I'm just an average fool. An average fool is allowed to have these rash takes on life, right? Here's another Infowars.com article. Hot take. Al Gore claims A.G. Garland, DOJ, FBI acted entirely properly in raiding Mar-a-Lago. Al Gore is a good one. You know, I just skimmed, uh, I just skimmed over a bunch of aggregate sites and pulled off. You know, like I said, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot going on, you know, other than this right now. And so I just pulled off all the stories that seemed to be important, which is basically all I do for a living is I pull different stories that I think are important and often put them all together in certain order. That uh, is how I see it. Former Vice President Al Gore came to the defense of the Justice Department and FBI on Sunday, insisting that they acted entirely properly when raiding former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence. The Democrat and climate zealot made the claim on CNN's AC360 after admitting he didn't know all the facts about the DOJ's unprecedented raid, but insisted it was unthinkable that the DOJ or FBI would violate the regular order. Uh, I don't know if you guys don't know about Al Gore. You know, Al Gore is, he's a good one. He's a, he, I think really exposed himself as being a member of this cabal with his um, documentary. You know, before that, I didn't see anything that obvious, you know, obviously an establishment tool, but once he made that global warming movie, I was like, wow, this dude is in deep. At the same time, it was a total joke. And um, 
I never thought in a million years back then that I'd ever see the day where there was people that actually were like believing it. Even now, even now, where everything he said in that movie has been proven false, there are still people that religiously believe in everything that he said in that movie. Friggin' crazy, right? The guy also travels around with uh, blood, like his own, like he's, uh, he's really into blood transfusions or maybe just drinking it. I don't know. He likes taking, he likes blood. And he's in a company. If you look up uh, Gore and Blood or Blood and Gore, I think it's Gore and Blood. Like one of his business partners. So it's like, you know, we live in some type of, you know, dream. The difference between where, like, where we are right now and the place we go to when we sleep and dream, the difference is not that different. It's mostly the physicality. That's about it. The physical world is obviously going to be more dense, and so it's a little slower and more sluggish than the dream world. But other than that, same stuff, man, right? Just weird stuff. That's the way I see it. MSN armed Trump supporters protest outside FBI office in Phoenix following Mar-a-Lago raids. Raid reports. And um, I, I don't see any pictures. Okay, yeah, there is some video. There are, there's one armed guy. There's two, two armed guys. Three, three armed, three armed gentlemen and a woman. Okay, I see three men and two women. All, uh, Looking very responsible while carrying weapons. Yeah, good for them. Armed supporters of former President Donald Trump protested outside the FBI. Oh, that's good. Good for them. Outside the FBI office in Phoenix, Arizona on Saturday, the protesters carried honor your oath and abolish FBI signs per local media. The FBI had an unprecedented number of threats against Bureau property since the Mar-a-Lago raid. Well, that's good news. Armed supporters of former President Donald Trump protested outside the FBI office in Phoenix, Arizona on Saturday. You know, okay, here's one good thing. However you feel about... Um, now you can tell in my voice I'm, I'm not as sold on Trump as I was a few years ago. Just because, of the, you know, I got my reasons. <clears throat> um, but I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, where we are right now is not much different from a dream. And a lot of my reasons are based on that. Like things just seem too weird. And so it could just be that. Life is like that. Life is weird. So, But anyways, I guess what I'm trying to say is a lot of people will talk about how Trump is part of the establishment. And the fact that he has, the fact that he's still bragging about the vaccines, you got to wonder. But um, so whatever. Uh, but when you see things like this, where it took them, the FBI going after Trump 
to get all these people to all of a sudden recognize that the FBI really doesn't need to exist, really shouldn't exist. Really, if you look into the entire history, you know, the CIA gets a bad rap. And somehow the FBI has managed to skate. I think they've just got so much Hollywood propaganda going on, you know, making everyone see them in this, like, as Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, you know, Silence of the Lambs crap, you know? When really, when you look at their entire history, their entire history is they're policing, they're the Gestapo. They've always, they always have been the Gestapo. Always. Now, people that are, like, hardcore... On the left right now, they don't see that. They just see that they're happy to see their enemies be destroyed. And the people on the hardcore right, they didn't really see the FBI as the Gestapo in the 60s when they were going after the hippies and the, and the radicals, unfairly as they were, the ones they were going after. The people on the hardcore right didn't see that as a problem, right? Because, uh, <clears throat> you know... Because of stupid reasons, because <laughs> of monkey minds, you know, we all got it. But yeah, this is good. Stupid headline. You know, I pulled this headline down uh, for today because the next few are a theme of, um, you know, they're trying to push. It seems like the only purpose I can see out of all this is to try to start a conflict in America. And even that's, uh, you know, that's not a, like a hundred percent argument. That's just the best one I can see. That's the best I can think of. That's the most, like the most obvious explanation, the most simple explanation. Because, or unless, and well, let me take that back. Unless we see them actually follow up with like espionage charges and actually try to, you know, disqualify him from the election, then we know exactly what's going on. And that's really probably what's going on, you know. That's really what's going on, I'm sure. And I don't see, unless they have some type of army that can like somehow be sold as like average Americans to fake some type of, you know, combat event inside our, in our country, unless they can pull that off, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think they can get us to start a war. So far, I mean, look how calm and cool everyone's been to this point. And at this point, it's like, at this point, we've become collectively almost masters of that art i think so it's like if there was ever a time to like do something like that it would have been maybe a couple of years ago but now we're just like seasoned vets so we know how to hold best headline for me on the whole trump news is uh, Trump's niece, this is from Sputnik. Trump's niece claims Jared Kushner may be Mar-a-Lago mole who tipped off FBI to classified docs. Now, when you read into it, it there's really no, 
real weight. It's Mary Trump, who I believe is Donald's sister. They describe her here as a... As the... Oh, no, his niece. Donald Trump's niece. All right. And I think she was in the news in the past... I think during the whole anti-Trump thing, they got her in the news, like saying Trump was a bad guy kind of thing. No one in the family liked him, some talking shit about him or something like that. I don't know. Either way, you know, she's basically saying, uh, what'd she say? Here's what she says. And we need to think about who could also be implicated in this that would need as big a play as turning Donald that would need as big a play as turning Donald in in order to get out of trouble, or at least to mitigate the trouble they're in. It sounds like somebody in Jared's position, I'm not saying it's Jared, but it could be. Now, I, don't, I guess what she's talking about is implicated in what? Like Jan 6th? That's probably what she's talking about. So right away, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Impl or, you know, but, uh, I, you know, It's Okay, let me preface this. You know, uh, I might in the past have prefaced it by saying, you know, um just saying, you know, I'm just a regular average guy and you know, I don't trust anyone and uh and and I'm very suspicious and paranoid by nature and so you know, yada, yada, yada. But uh, now I'll preface it by saying I'm starting to understand how, <laughs> you know, having a very open mind does allow me to, to see things in certain ways, which is a benefit for me with my, job, my profession, my art, to think, you know, stuff like that. But uh, it, it's also, I have to, it's important for me to recognize that it makes me also a little nuts, you know, a little, um, not that grounded, um, not nuts, but maybe just not that grounded. And so one of the, like what I was talking about earlier about the dream, like, the, like this is kind of, we're kind of in a dream. And I think, I think, um, I think many of us understand that. Like, what I mean by that is, you know, when you've had a... In the movie The Matrix, they talked about seeing the black cat. Seeing something twice was a sign of, like, deja vu. Or deja vu meant there was, like, a glitch in the Matrix kind of thing, right? And I'm not necessarily talking about, a, you know, seeing a black cat twice. Because I don't know if, if... I don't know if many of us can... I've heard some people have stories where they've seen the same thing, like, twice in a row, something like that. But that's not that common. Other, the, the more common things are more personal, Little, um, some people call them synchronicities, little coinkydinks. Little, they would, they're, they're insignificant to anyone else, but to you, there are little moments in your life where you have to stop and, and ask yourself, like, what's going on? Like, what is reality? Where am I right now? You know, dreamlike. That's why I say dream, because that's how dreams are. And dreams, 
that kind of stuff happens in our dreams all the time, and we never really see it as strange. I mean, we might we might still see it as strange, but it's it's not unexpected. And I would argue that this reality is very similar in that sense. It's just a little different. So why do I say that? I say that because I'm prefacing what this looks like to me. Jared Kushner, as you know, Donald Trump's son-in-law married in being the Judas, you know, within the the dynasty is just so Shakespearean. And what does that mean? It, it, it means it speaks to everyone. It's uh, there, there are elements of the story that we are living right now like this that are archetypal, I believe is the word. Shakespearean which I think is, these are synonyms. And uh, it doesn't matter, you know, what language you speak, what, where you're from, whether you're a man or a woman or a boy or a girl, whether you're smart or stupid, it doesn't matter. These things all make sense to all of us, you know these archetypal story elements. It doesn't mean it's like, what does that mean? What am I saying? Am I saying that we're all being played? Now, even if that, even if I was making that argument and I could make that argument, I certainly wouldn't make that argument suggesting that these are actors any more than you are or I am. That I think isn't, that I think is, is paranoid to the point of insanity. If Trump is being played, if Trump is a part of this agenda, I would argue that he doesn't even know it. He's being played. And is that because I, I'm in love with him the way people love celebrities and royalty? No. I value his leadership. There seems to be only him in the position that right now that we're in where um, in, the, in the whole world, you know, if we were to get back to where we were like the first year of his presidency without the, you know, the um, deterrence of the deep state that obviously has to be dealt with, then the whole world could uh, prevail out of this deep, deep downward spiral we're in right now. That is like pretty obvious right now. Like, I mean, we're almost at the point where the never Trumpers are going to, in the families are going to start saying things. Oh man, you were wrong. You know, you were, we were all fooled. Trump's great. You know. Um. Now the the deeply suspicious, paranoid voice in my head says, Ah, don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. But sometimes life is uh, strange like a dream. And what does it all mean anyways? And what would you do? What, what's, what's the alternative? There's no really... Al there, in, in, in the picture I'm painting, which is basically that 
that the idea that maybe this entire drama has been is just being played out as a way of leading us into this next era. Uh, if that's the if that's the case, some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. If that's the case, that just seems um, one. I think that's it. That, that does seem to be more of a imaginative type thing. With that, it, it, there's it's much more likely for that to exist in my imagination than in reality. And two, if it was reality, would it change anything? No, not really. It would change personal things like it would change uh i would learn a great deal from if i were to discover that to be true and i could actually learn a great deal from it by just actually pondering that and uh imagining that as a possibility i could learn from it as well but outside of that (laughs) what are you gonna do go for biden i mean that's not even an option it's like it's like there's only i guess you could just not participate and, you know, if things go well, and I'm starting to think things are going to actually turn out pretty well for at least the short term. And I might get into that when I'm done going through the stories or as I go, but I'm starting to get that vibe. And so lately, if that's true, lately I've been wondering, you know, I'm like, I've been thinking like, well, really, the, the brilliant masterminds of humanity will be the ones that ignored this entire thing and just went on with their lives, whatever that is. Went on with their passionate uh, days of enjoying their life and not being uh, distracted by the drama. <clears throat> they will be the, the true heroes if everything goes well. And I, I, I'm being a bit sarcastic, but I think you get my point. So, yeah... I mean, Jared Kushner is just very, like, he's a, a perfect archetypal villain. And he only, it's almost in a Shakespearean way. Like, you could see that actual guy cast as the bad guy in a Shakespearean drama. You know, very easily unlikable. No one ever liked him. That seemed to be, you know, I'm like I said, I'm not really a political guy. I kind of got involved... My job is borderline politics. I'll, I'll argue that it's not. I'll argue my job is not political. It's borderline with it. Like I might, I'm rubbing arms with people in politics as part of my job. Um. And so what I've noticed is it does seem like at all levels, everyone kind of understands that Kushner is no good. And so why didn't Donald? Well, I mean that's an easy one because it's his daughter, right? So there's reasons. Once again, very Shakespearean. Maybe that's all life is. Maybe we are just living out uh, these dramas. Well, moving on. Ah, here's a uh, curveball. This is from mirror.co.uk. Dad restrains woman who stripped to underwear and tried to storm jet to cockpit twice. A dad of three heroically restrained a passenger after she stripped to her underwear and twice tried to storm a plane cockpit, shouting 
Allahu Akbar. Philip O'Brien, 35, got the woman in a hold and helped crew members secure her in a chair on the Jet 2 flight from Cyprus to Manchester. She had alleged explosives were on board and asked the children she was with if they were ready to die. It is claimed the woman in her 30s said her parents were members of terror group ISIS before the pilot diverted to Paris and she was led away. Drainage firm boss Mr. O'Brien, who worked in security as a teenager, was with six family members, including his wife and three children, aged 8 to 14. He said, Everything was normal, and then shortly after takeoff, a woman walked up the aisle naked and banged on the cockpit, shooting Allahu Akbar. As you can imagine, everyone was shitting themselves. I spoke to staff and said, Why have you not put her on, put her to the floor? They said, We're not able to. We're not able to. I said, Well, I am. So when the woman went back to the cockpit again, I took control and took her to the ground. And at that point, the pilot did an emergency landing to Paris. So, I mean, that's just weird. And you can't really see a close-up picture of her. You know, they don't describe, you know, like if we lived in, a, in, a, in, a, in an honest, uh, emotionally mature world, like people would want to know if she looks like a terrorist. And if you're offended by that question, then you uh, have a mental issue. You know, um, you can uh, you can actually, if you pay attention to to uh, you know cultural trends in life, you can learn a lot. If you pay attention to anything in life, you can learn so much. All right, moving on. That was a that was just a curveball. What do I got to say about that? I think the only thing is interesting is they don't say like they don't say anything about her other than woman age woman. Uh, t- I would imagine she's just a crazy woman, but it would be even like and and, and the reason I'm guessing she's not like a British woman or a white woman is because I think they would have maybe said that, which would have made it sound all the more crazy. It already sounds crazy. Like getting naked is like proving that she, it's like I don't have explosives on me. Look, I'll get naked and I'll show you. See. They're not on me, but they're here. I promise you they're here. And, and you know, so it, it, the whole thing, you know, just a crazy person. Like I was saying earlier, we are going through something right now. And um, I'm surprised there's not more crazy people. And there are, I mean... Here's another story I pulled right here. Man drives, this is from Sputnik, this is from today. Man drives car into barricade near U.S. Capitol, opens fire before killing himself. A man drove his car into the vehicle barricade outside the U.S. Capitol early on Sunday and fired several shots into the air before fatally shooting himself. The incident occurred at about 4 a.m., All right, so there's like no one out there. So it's a suicide. You know what it is? You know what I think it is? Is 
Some people might argue um, MK Ultra Trigger. I mean, there's definitely evidence that would suggest uh, it could have definitely been an MK Ultra Trigger. They're definitely trying to get people to do stuff like this. Could have been. Could have also just been someone else losing their damn mind and and uh, and saying, you know, not too dissimilar to like the monk who set himself on fire to protest the Vietnam War, you know, going to the U.S. Capitol and saying like, I don't like what you're doing to my people. I don't like, you know. Sad though. Here's an article from MSN. Americans are too pampered and neurotic to fight a civil war. What do you suppose that means? Let's dig in. It's probably horrible, but let's read a little bit. Tomorrow is war. Right-wing media personality Stephen Crowder tweeted Monday night after news broke of the FBI's search of former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago property. Bright and early the next morning, Crowder was back with details. Today is war. That is all you will get on today's show, he wrote. Finishing with the time and hashtag for his political commentary show and a gif of the late conservative firebrand Andrew Breitbart saying war. Ah, oh, look at that. See, there's a little quinky dink. There's a little serendipity thing. I was just talking about that. Crowder's initial tweet was the first example cited in a Tuesday New York Times write-up of the surge of violent language from the right following the Mar-a-Lago search. Other examples in the piece, this means war and we're at war and country on the verge, civil war, blah, 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 blah. But the Crowder posts particularly are a perfect illustration of why I think we should be skeptical of that forecast. War for Crowder means sharp words on the podcast, on a podcast. War for Breitbart meant starting a website. The gif Crowder used came from a 2012 documentary, Hating... Okay, so it explains that it's from a documentary called Hating Breitbart. I don't think that's... That's not what he was... All right, well, we see what they're saying. It's funny, they're trying to start a war in this article. They're basically saying, oh, you want to start a war? <laughs> You're too weak to start a war. For you, a war just means talking about a war. Go ahead and really start a war. Yeah, we don't need a civil war. We just need to get rid of this government and eradicate our system of all this corruption and restore the republic. That's what we got to do. And I don't even know what you call that. I don't even know if you... You might call that a revolution. That might be called a revolution. Technically, I imagine that's what it's called. A civil war is for pussies. All right. Uh, but we're definitely not to anything to fight a civil war. We're definitely capable of... Um, everyone's capable of completely losing their shit and sliding into chaos and violence. That's uh, all animals are capable of that. But the beautiful thing is so far, we are capable of much more than that. We are capable of keeping a grip through all this. That's one thing I think is pretty clear. Wouldn't you agree that when you back up and you look at all of their operations, 
it seems like their main, 100%, their main weapon is, is getting you to do, to do it to yourself. Whether it's accepting an experimental gene therapy shot or uh, burning down your own government and destroying, you know, throwing out the baby with the bathwater. From Axios, U.S. consulate workers in Tijuana told to shelter in place amid wave of violence. Now, this is a... This is a problem. I mean, I covered the border plenty. I have... I was in Tijuana. I... uh, had soaking wet feet from walking through the the soaking uh, migrant camps. It was very memorable, and I don't miss it. I, I it, this is a story I kind of prefer to ignore, and it's like the only reason I can ignore it is because it's like there's already plenty of people that are covering it, specializing on it. There's nothing being done about it. That's one of the reasons you know, it's like the why would you want to cover it? I mean it's 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 one of the most disheartening stories that's happening right now. It is an active destruction of this country in a way that is just hard to comprehend. It's just a very evil way of doing it. Using exploiting the poor and the mentally ill and the desperate as a battering ram, basically, or as some type of... The whole thing is just dark. And then the fact that it's just through the roof, I mean, it's just mad, unbelievable craziness, right? Now, the good news is, is, uh, well, let's look into the story. Let's see what's happening there now. Stick to the story. Have you noticed I'm mixing it up a little bit uh, this time? Reading stories and stuff? I'll tell you, between you and me, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to make this more uh, valuable. So if, it, if that is, let me know. If, if I'm not helping at all by reading these stories, let me know. And I'll slip this in now. No, I think I'll save it for the end. So, yeah, um, I don't know too much about this, but things are going down in a bad way down there, and it's only going to escalate. Axios. Employees of the U.S. government in Tijuana, Mexico, and Baja, California, were told to shelter in place late Friday as police responded to reports of violence and property crime. Reports of violence, vehicle fires, and roadblocks in Tijuana, Ensenada, Tecate, and Rosarito began late Friday. Tijuana's mayor said 2,000 officers and 3,000 National Guard troops were at the ready to restore order. Yeah, I mean, if you... um, We're all starting to understand like the whole point of law and order rule of law 
it's, uh, in my opinion, the whole point of it is so that you can have like young, young children, young girls that can go out in the neighborhood and play and, and enjoy their life without worry of being like preyed upon by savages. That's a nice thing. That's a nice, I mean, you can't do that 100%, but um, it's a lot easier if the savages at least feel like they have to hide, you know? But when you take away, when you take away all the consequences, then it's just inevitable. Inevitable. From MSN, murders at the border and attacks in Jalisco and Guanajuato stun Mexico. Sorry if I'm getting those names wrong. Dramatic bouts of violence and mayhem in two regions of Mexico this week have left at least 12 dead and dozens of business, businesses torched, dramatizing the ability of crime gangs to wreak havoc and shatter the semblance of normality almost anywhere in the country without warning. And then finally, Taiwan. From AP News, more U.S. lawmakers visit Taiwan 12 days after Pelosi trip. A delegation of American lawmakers arrived in Taiwan on Sunday just 12 days after a visit by U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi that prompted China to launch days of threatening military drills around the self-governing island that Beijing says must come under its control. The five-member delegation was Democrat Senator Ed Markey. Who else? Scanning. Republican Amua Mata. Coleman Radwanga. That's all one name. Republican Representative Amua Amata Coleman Radwagon. a delegate from American Samoa and Democratic... Oh, okay, it's a Samoan. American Samoa, huh? And Democratic House members John Garamendi and Alan Lowenthal from California. I don't know any of these people. Don Byer from Virginia. I am going to completely veer off and search American... Yes, American Samoa is a territory... I mean, I guess I knew this. Hmm. I bet it's a lovely place. Ah, yeah, okay, all right. I'll buy New Zealand. It's actually probably pretty... Ah, probably pretty lovely. I didn't know that. So we have an American... That's an American... Huh. I might have to look into uh, American Samoa. I'm intrigued. And then uh, news.com.au, China unleashes newest attack submarine off Taiwan coast. So it's like, I mean, as an American, this whole idea of 
war with China. What makes it scary is like we're not in a great position to starting wars with anyone. One, we're seeing it in um on the on the on paper, you know, as in like the amount of um subversion that's going on in our own military, the amount of uh vaccine damage that's been done. You know, there's already been like a war against our own military, so our military is not like I mean they've they're already undergoing attack. And two, we've we've seen it in real life. We've seen in the past year like the American military dynasty, whatever you want to call it, murder incorporated seems to have been uh it gotten to the point now where it's all smoke and mirrors and we're starting to see like the real deal which i mean really for the past several years we've been dominating um people that and i'm not saying this to be offensive but they're like cave dwellers compared to the technology that we have you know we have air not just air support, superiority we have air support <laughs> I don't think most of, uh, like 90% of the um, people that America has been waging war against for the past 20 years uh, don't even have air support. They don't, they don't have night vision. They don't have any of this fancy stuff. So it's, it's... I don't know. Uh, it seems, you know, so as an American, it's like, I guess the worst possible scenario I can imagine is an invasion and uh, people laugh at that but I don't think that's far-fetched because I think it's more far-fetched with Russia Russia doesn't seem to have any need or interest in doing and and, and they seem to be way too smart in their current decision-making yeah, if they, if they need to retaliate, if we become aggressive and, and force them into a situation, they'll uh, they'll strike back. But I don't think they're gonna. They're smart enough to not have any interest in actually coming uh, into America. But the Chinese, I mean, that was uh, Mao's promise back in '69 that America that no, that North America needed to be conquered by the Chinese in order for the Chinese Communist Party to survive. They needed to take our land to grow food. And that's why they're doing what they're doing or what they've been doing, at least on, on some level. And now their economy is crashing. I say the sooner all these economies crash, the better. That's what's going to save us from war is getting to zero before they want, you know, before the war. I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe it's not. Maybe that wouldn't stop a war. But would China win that? Would it be? No, I think it would be just, it, it would, but it would be a total shit show. A lot of people would say America deserves it. 
I'm not going to say that. I'm an American. <laughs> you know? Everyone's got their... Uh, Everyone's got their dirty laundry on this planet. All right. That's the news stories, folks. Um, I'll ramble a little bit before I wrap up. End on a good note. I do have, um, you know, like I often say, my gut tells me everything's going to be okay. My gut tells me... um, it's not going to be as crazy and dark as uh, as um, I thought for a while, or as some people are saying. And here's where I I will say that I tend to think that we're all being played, but I'll also it's also pretty clear that it's not it's it's not a bad thing. I mean. What do I mean? Like, when I saw, here's what I saw. Like I said, like when Mar-a-Lago got raided by the feds, I, I said I didn't see it. I didn't recognize that as like crazy groundbreaking news like everyone else. Like it is. I mean, you can't deny that. I just didn't see that. I'm not a political expert or even a close to an expert. I didn't see that. But what I did see, what I saw was everything is gonna everything is gonna be fine. And I'm not exactly sure how to explain that. I guess like I guess what I mean is like like for the outcome that we need, the outcome that we need is to restore the system, to restore the republic. That's what we need. That's the one thing that will save us from the course, the, the extremely destructive course that the entire world is on right now. The only thing that's going to reverse that course is for America to stop what's hap- to stop what our government's doing. And if we don't take control of it, I, I imagine outside forces will, and they will have a reason to, because what's happening right now, I kind of mentioned this in the video that I just made, um, and I'm surprised more people aren't talking about it, because it's like, this crazy nonsense that the Fed is doing is hurting the entire world, especially the poor nations. Uh, you, I think it's like international crime against humanity and it has to be stopped. So by the FBI raiding Mar-a-Lago, see, the reason I didn't <clears throat> recognize that as a huge, huge story is because it doesn't surprise me. And I guess that's exactly why it is a huge story is because it surprised a lot of people. A lot of people were surprised by that. A lot of people were all of a sudden now awake to that, you know, corruption. And that's a good thing. Because really the only way we're going to restore the republic is to get the the herd 
on board with that idea to make it to the point, you know, this is where I go into like, maybe this is a problem reaction solution. How do you create the problem? Well, this could be where some of the Q folks maybe have it right. Because <clears throat> it does make sense in the, you know, from the 10,000 view. Because if you look back, you know, those of you my age or older or early younger will remember that a lot of these crazy lefties, these AOCs, um, a lot of them were around in the 60s and 70s. And a lot of the people from, that were around in the 60s and 70s are still around. And they're like, you know, pop heroes. So nothing ever happened. If you actually look into the past like 100 years or more. It's been nothing but like uh, corruption and scams and schemes and, and horrible, you know, and just de 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 deteriorating uh, liberty. Deteriorating the American dream. What's the American dream? I said it at the beginning. It's, it's first and the second amendment and natural law. What does that mean? That means it gives every person the right to live their life without being messed with. Freedom. And your dream is whatever your dream is. It's your dream. That's the whole point. <clears throat> and so the more that happens, the more they, they do insane things that... That, that has that reaction of waking more people up, the better. People are actually talking about revolution now. People are actually openly now talking about the fact that, that we have a rogue government and we have to do something. And that's a good thing. It's a real good thing. It's going to save the world, potentially. Because look, we all saw what... Um, <coughs> how easy it was to turn things around with the regulations in, back in 2017, which taught a lot of us how the damage is being done, how they do it. They just outlaw, out, you know, stop drilling for energy, you know, stop, put all these regulations in place to, to hurt our lifestyle. And so that's why, like, that's why they've been calling uh, the patriot, the populist movement, you know, Nazis and tyrants and authoritarians because, I, in my opinion, the, reason, the, the sense I made of that was what they're doing is they're, they're creating this narrative now so that if we do take our government back by force, which we have every right to do, in fact, it's our responsibility and if we fail to do it, then we are, uh, oh, I, don't, I mean, I th uh, ugh. But um, they knew that uh, they would have the will of the people on their side at that point, and they would have. Because the majority of people back then were still 
brainwashed and would literally believe anything. But thanks to COVID and 2020 and all the nonsense since, there's so many more people awake now that I don't think... um, I guess what I'm saying is, uh, you know, a lot of people suggested that's the whole plan was to give him enough rope to hang him because the corru- uh, it, the corruption, their actions w- would be almost predictable and would cause the majority of the population to wake up and have a herd reaction where we all demand now that something is done. Where now everyone is now saying, yeah, you got to drain that swamp. And that does seem to be kind of like where we're headed right now from my purview, which is good news because that means, I mean, that means especially that you can already see that the rest of the world is uh, slipping into gold and silver. It's already happening. And so that's inevitably going to be coming here too once we deal with our our corrupt government, once we cleanse and, and, and restore the republic. Constitutional money. What does that mean? That means we can all be prosperous. That means we can all own a home. And we, can all live a, we can all live this good life that everyone's been, all these politicians have been trying to sell people on, you know, through lies and nonsense and stuff like that. And the whole world can, can get there. And then we can really explore, uh, you know, the next level. <laughs> I see that, and I think it's great. But I will always wonder, well, who, who was behind it all, right? Am I just a crazy paranoid for thinking that? For thinking that maybe we're all just on a human farm and we don't know it, and this whole drama is being... played out for us as a way, no different really than a sheepdog herding the sheep to a new pasture. This is obviously different in a lot of levels, but, uh, you know, in principle, same idea. Is that, you know, is that crazy to think that? I don't know. I don't know, folks. I just can't help it. I do have a very uh, endless curiosity and imagination of all possibilities. So who knows? But either way, I think things are going to turn out pretty well. Uh, I'm going to wrap it up for this week. Thank you once again for your support. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. You know, make sure you're ready for what's coming. I feel like I am for the most part. I do have a lot of faith in humanity. And I think even like worst case scenario, of like system down kind of situation. I don't think it lasts. It's, I don't see it lasting much longer than a couple weeks, a few weeks, maybe, uh, because people are pretty, you know, clever and like to fix things. You know, a lot of times you see the best in humanity in situations like that. So, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. I don't see, uh, I don't see it taking much longer than that. And that's not a big deal. In fact, I think I'm, I wanted to stock up on enough food so that I had some to share with my neighbors, and I definitely do. And um, I have enough to share with my neighbors where I don't think, you know, they're going to end up having to, like, 
you know, rob and, and kill me and eat me for my food, you know? <laughs> like I have a good amount. So that's good. So I hope you guys do too, you know? Get some food. It doesn't have to be fancy. We Infowarsstore.com, we sell, a, or actually, no, I think right now it's uh, preparenow.com is where all the food is at. And I have some of that as well, and that's good stuff. But uh, what I also have is I got, like, bulk beans, quinoa. Uh, you know, pro, these are superfoods and proteins, and you can sprout them so you don't even need power. If push comes to shove. So I hope you're stocking up on food, uh, clean water. What else? Whatever you need, whatever you want, you know, whatever you feel like is going to get you through the, the interim. And I recommend, uh, I'm no financial expert, but I've been pretty much spending all my free time listening to financial experts lately. Everyone, everyone, and I mean like everyone's saying it. It's not just like a couple alarmists. It's like everyone's saying, yeah, there's this system's going down. And so everyone's answer is the same thing, and it makes basic total sense is gold and silver. In your hand, gold and silver, because once it goes down, all that digital money is going bye-bye. The blockchain will survive it. The, um, the exchanges, the, the crypto exchanges will all go down, and, those, and they might go to zero uh, falsely for a period, but the, the you know, the Eventually, they'll go back online and they'll hold their integrity because that's one of the values of the blockchain. But the uh, banks, they're just going to take everything at that point. That's, that's what they've always done in history when this happens. So any of that money that you thought was yours that's in the bank, that's going to be gone. Mine, mine, mine is going to be gone too. So I'm like, almost every week I'm looking at my bank account trying to see how much do I need to keep in there that I can afford to like lose? And how much can I afford to get out and turn into something that, you know, of value that won't be lost? Because <clears throat> here's the thing, folks. This really is good news. This is a system of such corruption. My whole life, I've never seen any. That's what got me into the job that I have was... Um, probably from the youngest age, I recognized the corruption. You know, growing up, as young as I can remember, I believed in my heart that every politician was full of shit, liar. Um, everyone in authority was a lying scumbag. That was my general default attitude growing up. And it hasn't changed much. But... Uh, regardless of that, turned out to be true, turned out to be uh, where the whole system is just infested. And right now that system is dying. And they look like they're half dead already. Most of these people are decrepit looking. Like out of a, out of a movie, you know? Went back again to the whole archetypal, the Shakespearean play. It's bizarre, right? So that's good news. And that means we can now uh, let it die and... Um, rebuild which is exciting especially because that's really that's i wouldn't mind getting into that area as my main focus because that's really an interesting area there is a lot of stuff we could be doing that we're not and it has nothing to do with like solar and wind solar and wind is a bunch of nonsense always has been that's why they pushed it 
You know, the real interesting stuff is suppressed. And um, yeah, we're looking at a... We're looking at some good days ahead, I think. I really do. But we're also looking at some dark days in the near future because this is just going to get crazier uh, all the way up until the uh, elections. Like That's one of the things Like pretty much all these financial guys are saying. They're not even political guys, but they're just basically saying that they don't see how the system is going to be able to survive this election because there's so much going on. And, um, and it, it wouldn't... According to what I'm hearing, they're saying everything is is maxed out. The, all these bubbles of the housing bubble market, everything, everything is just so maxed out to the point that any major event, it could just be like a Texas power outage like we had last year. Anything like that will be enough to just knock it over. And I say, awesome. Let it, let it happen. Let it fall. And we will quickly build something back a thousand times better, and then we'll start on the uh, on the other swing of this pendulum. So I do think we're getting close to the, the the peak of all the madness. We'll see. All right, folks. Uh, thanks for listening once again, and thank you all. I will check with you all next week. Oh, one more thing. That is right. I said I was going to save it for the end. I am working on a. Um, I don't, I don't do this very often, but uh, there's a 25th anniversary of the Princess Diana sacrifice or death, however you want to call it. Um, August 31st, 1997. And uh, that's coming up. So I'm going to do a video on that. So I've been brushing up on all my facts on that story. I'm... So uh, if you are, are well-versed in that, then uh, you know, let me know in the comments if I'm missing anything. But basically, you know, we have the public story, which is crazy enough that she was actually coming out against the family and the whole world loved her, almost favored her. about, And she was saying some pretty crazy stuff. Like, uh, and... Um, They lied about the whole thing. They were saying she was stuck in the car and they couldn't get her out when multiple witnesses were saying, no, she was like conscious, conscious and sitting in the back seat like she was alive. She had a reportedly had an injury that uh, was going to be fatal if they didn't get her to the hospital right away. <clears throat> and yet it still took them 94, 94 minutes to get to the hospital. They killed time in the tunnel, about 30 30 to 40 minutes, um, and then they, they drove very slowly to the hospital, and it was a big, you know, so everyone was asking, like, what's up with that? And then there's all the, uh, David Icke points out all the different uh, aspects to the ritual. The, the tunnel is the passage to Diana. The uh, Paris itself, that area of Paris itself, back in the day was a big uh, ritual site to Diana, um, the uh, there's a woman named Sarah Whalen who just wrote a book about royal bloodlines and the human sacrifice, which is interesting. I'm going to include that. Uh, Prince Charles 
bragging about being related to Dracula. And, um, you know, Fritz Springmeier and the Bloodlines. And finally, the, the kid, uh, the naked guy who was trying to escape a window of Buckingham Palace and falls to his death. Just because that's a weird-ass video. So these are all lumped in there. And if you know of something that I didn't just mention, and I might have missed something too, but feel free to throw in the comments. It is a very interesting story. Should be a good video. It was... Uh, in my eyes, the entire thing was intended as a, as a ritual. And I'll probably... I mean, that's that's... I imagine that's the that's the picture it paints to me. Sad story. <clears throat> um, she was more like one of us than one of them. At least that's how the whole story seems. Anyways, thanks again. Love you guys. See you next week. <laughs>